When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rightio, let's uh, get into reviewing uh, Super Rugby over the weekend. Uh, Nisbo Grant Nisbet joins us, of course, a busy man as well, calling uh, a number of uh, games uh, so far in the Super Rugby competition. And uh, over the weekend, Nisbo, uh, terrific result for New Zealand sides, 5-0. and yeah, good day, Smithy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, th- I think it shows the dominance of the New Zealand teams. I, I think we all agree that this competition is going to be won by a New Zealand team, and uh, anyone trying to pick anybody outside of that, I don't know which way they'd go. Maybe the Brumbies, but I doubt it. So, um, yeah, I mean, once again, it's a, it's a competition that seems to be dominated by the New Zealand teams, even teams that are having to rest all blacks and teams with horrendous injury issues, such as the Highlanders mm. and the uh, Crusaders, but they still find a way to win. Well, Crusaders found a way um, through uh, some brilliance from uh, Fyanga Nuku and, and others. 35-17 over Australia's biggest threat. What did you make of that? Well, I think I think the Brumbies shot themselves in the foot a wee bit. I mean, they uh, whether they planned this month ahead or not, or whether they sort of made a decision uh, last, last week, I don't know. But they left five Brumbies sitting at home, five key players, or five or six players, and you know, let's face it, the Crusaders are a bit vulnerable at the moment because of their injury issues. And if ever the Brumbies uh, wanted to win in Christchurch, and they haven't done it for 20-odd years, uh, this was that. Uh, this was the occasion. But they didn't, uh, they didn't take up that opportunity. And so they came across the Tasman with a weakened combination. They were OK. They were competitive. But, um, you know, the Crusaders were just we were too good, even though they have... Um, all these injury issues and, you know, uh, Scott Robinson's having to manage his All Blacks as well and then he loses a bloke like Ethan Blackadder uh, and so it goes on. But they were still too good. So I, I really think the Brumbies missed an opportunity there. Uh, just on that, Nisbo, why are we resting so many All Blacks so early um, and there's so much time to go to international rugby? Yeah, I know. This has been this has been planned for a long, long time, Smithy. They've got to miss uh, two games during the competition. In fact, it's more than two because you can only go. I think it's five games or six games in a row. Well, if you if you go into the postseason, then uh, it's going to add up to maybe missing three, possibly even four games. So. Um, I mean, the silly thing for a guy like Aaron Smith was that he missed the first two games uh, and you'd think, well, that's it. He can now play right through, but it's not it. He, he missed the first two games. Then he has to stand down again after five or six weeks because they can't play more than five or six in a row. So, hmm. yeah, it's, it's always been contentious, hasn't it? And um, and, and it seems a, a, a little bit over the top, but it is World Cup year, and, of course, uh, the All Blacks are very concerned about their key players. Yeah, I suppose um, they're falling away so quickly. Uh, they'll feel that they're justified in doing that at the moment. 5-0, and the Chiefs in his boat. Um, they put McKenzie at 15, Gatland at 10. Still too good for the Waratahs, who at this point... Uh, second last on the table. 
Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Waratahs. I thought maybe this season uh, they they might be able to turn it around under a new coach, etc. I mean, you look at the personnel they have and you think they should be a lot better than they are. But, I mean, they were very competitive there on Friday night. There were times when you possibly thought they were going to tip the Chiefs over. But the Chiefs have got real squad depth, haven't they? They really have. Um, and to be able to put Damien McKenzie back to fullback when he's played most of the season as a first five, just shows that uh, not only have they got depth, they've got some versatility in the squad as well. So they're really travelling well, aren't they? And their key players are standing up. I mean, we talked about McKenzie and you've got the likes of Retallick and Sam Kane, I think, is having a very, very good year. Um, and, uh, you know, Tokyo, and you can, you can list a whole lot of them. So, look, I think they're the team to beat at the moment. I mean, there's a long way to go, and this competition is going to be decided between the New Zealand teams. So the local derbies is going to sort this competition out, and uh, they're the ones you have to win. Right, uh, Highlanders did uh, get a win, and uh, I always thought it might be just a bridge too far for the drawer heading all the way down there. Um, albeit under covered conditions. But uh, the Drew have had a terrific start, very competitive start to the season. But the Highlanders get their victory at last. Yeah, look, it was a funny old day down there because I do my team sheets, as you know, Smithy, and you used to do it too, um, you know, you know, before the game. And I went down to the ground with the team written down and I had to scratch out four different names. Um, blokes were injured in the captain's run. One guy, um, Hugh Renton, warmed up but couldn't play um, and so it went on and on and on um, so they've had a real and they don't have the depth of other teams let's be honest about it but they've had a real mare down there when it comes to injuries but somehow they found a way um, and they were really convincing and it was good to see too I mean let's face it the Drua didn't turn up on the day um, they were awful uh, compared with the same Drua team that beat the Crusaders two weeks earlier albeit in Fiji of course but um, nevertheless, I think I think the Highlanders fans can take a lot out of that. A lot of almost uh, no names, guys coming out of nowhere, but really putting their hand up. Admittedly, the good, you know, the, the expected players turned up. Aaron Smith had an outstanding game. I think his best of the season, and um, and so did Sam Gilbert. Um, and I, you know, I think there were some very promising signs when they start getting blokes like Michaeli Tuu back and these sort of fellas. Josh Dixon was down to play but didn't quite make it. When they, when these guys start uh, coming back into the team, they could be pretty formidable as the season goes on. Well, I've never known a season this, Bo, and um, as you say, yeah, I'm not as uh, involved uh, these days as I once was. But I've never known a season with such attrition this early. Me neither. Me neither, Smithy. You know, I don't know what you put it down to. Um, I think it's just bad luck, quite frankly. But the list of players on, you know, the list of injured players is just phenomenal at the moment. And that's right across all franchises. Some are doing better than others. But overall, it's, uh, it, it's amazing. You're right. Quite staggering. Uh, quite staggering. Right, let's look at... Um uh, I think Moana Pacifica are, uh, are in for a very, very long haul here. Hurricanes 59 blank them at the weekend. Yeah, and uh, pretty convincingly too. And, uh, you know, last year, of course, um, Moana Pacifica actually caused an upset at the same venue, beating the Hurricanes. But I think this is a different Hurricanes team, Smithy. They, they just seem to have... Um, a real spring in their step at the moment. They're playing really, really well. 
and um, they never really let Moana Pacifica into the game at all. And I've been impressed with the Hurricanes so far. Admittedly, I'm sitting, sitting in the Hurricanes area, so I'm always pleased when they're going well. But I just think they've got a, a real purpose about them this year. And there's one or two players who, you know, maybe at the start of the season you wouldn't have regarded them that highly. But how about the way Cameron Roygaard is playing at halfback? Um, somebody actually asked me, and I'd, I can't remember who it was now, right at the very start of the season, before we'd even started, someone said, if there's someone playing in the New Zealand franchises who might jump out. I actually named Cameron Roygaard because I'd watched him play for Counties Manukau. I saw him play a few Super Games last year and I thought this guy's got some real, real potential. And at some point in, in his career, I think he might wear black. And um, I haven't changed my mind on that. I think he's been fantastic. And the other one who, uh, who's been around a while is Billy Proctor in the midfield. Now, his form has been an absolute revelation. And, um, you know, we all, we're all keen to name our all-black midfield, um, and there's all sorts of contenders, but here's another one to throw into the mix, I reckon. Yep, uh, absolutely, and I, I just hope Ian Foster is keeping a very open mind um, with his co-selectors when, when it comes to that, because uh, otherwise uh, it would be um, a real damn shame, actually. I was going to ask you about players making an impression, um, but, but you've mentioned two there straight away. Uh, Rebels 40, Reds 34, I never tend to take a lot of interest in those sort of games, apart from the fact that Brad Thorne's really struggling with his group this year. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, I only saw bits of that game, but um, when you look at the scoreline, you, you probably think that defence might have been optional in that match. 40-34, um, that's a high-scoring game. That takes us back to the to the early days of Super Rugby, doesn't it, really? But, yeah, I don't know why that is. Um, I mean, he might have injury issues as well. I haven't had a lot a lot to do with the Reds so far this year, but he may have injury issues as well. But um, the Rebels actually aren't too bad. The Rebels, um, you know, we've seen them a few times on this side of the Tasman, and um, they've always sort of flown under the radar a wee bit, uh, a team based in Melbourne, which is not a rugby city by any means, but I think that they can feel pretty happy with the way they've been playing this year. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, the Blues, um, to finish off the weekend, 30-17 to 17 over the force. That's kind of scoreline when you think that the Blues are at Eden Park. You'd kind of look at that and think that's a bit of a lacklustre performance. What, did you, was, what was the reaction to that overall? Yeah, I think lacklustre is exactly the word, really. They never really got out of first gear. Um, they just, I think it was one of those games where you just, uh, you take the win and you move on. Uh, there was just nothing really, you know, there were some nice individual performances, I suppose. Uh, but again, they rested a few blokes and uh, some of those guys who were playing yesterday hadn't been playing all year, so I guess, you know, they were probably feeling a bit ring rusty, as they say in the boxing game. Um, and, you know, I mean, the force, are, they're a competitive outfit without without really being in, in anything uh, to write home about. But, no, I think, I think the Blues will just look at that game and say, well, yeah, we got the win, but um, I don't think they even got a bonus point out of it. They, you know, uh, bonus points could actually be quite important by the end of the season. So you'd look at a game like that, you'd say, we've got home advantage, we're playing the force, we really need to come out of this with a bonus point. But, um, yeah, disappointing, really. So you mentioned uh, Billy Proctor, uh, Cam Roygaard, obviously uh, very strong. 
Um, anyone else that really um, might be attracting attention, you think, uh, around the franchises, Nispo, for, for Ian Foster? Yeah, and, and, uh, I'm not the first to say this, but I reckon Sean Stevenson is... Uh, has been one of the absolute standouts of the season so far. And, you know, we know that he's a versatile player. We also know that he had a little dabble and or thought about a dabble in rugby league in the NRL. Somebody might have talked him out of that, I don't know. But I, I think at the moment, if you're picking an all-black team or even an all-black squad, I think he'd be right in contention. You know, we know that he can be a bit versatile. He can play on the wing if you need him to. But just at the moment, I think his his form at fullback is, has been quite outstanding for the Chiefs. So I think there's a name. Um, Ethan Blackadder has come back really strongly, Smithy. We know that he had a terrible season last year, but I've been really impressed with his work rate, um, which is something that, you know, we've struggled with it at six. We've, we've had some big, uh, heavy ball carriers there, but a work rate is what you need. You, you need a bloke who rolls his sleeves up and gets the job done for 80 minutes. And even though he had to limp off on Friday night, I hope it's not too long term for him, but. Um, I think there's a guy that uh, the All Blacks would relish having in their setup. Well, Nispo, you always uh, go to these uh, pre-season meetings with uh, with Sky people, of course, and the referees are in there uh, to uh, outline exactly what little changes they're making and what their intent is for the season. One of them, I think, was to get the ball uh, more in play, more time in play, and slightly speeding up the game. How have you assessed how it's gone? Yeah, I think it's worked actually, Smithy. I think this new law around, around the scrums, where the opposing halfback can't encroach uh, on, on the um, on the on the team that's putting the ball in, I think the whole game is speeded up, and, and it's finding teams out. You know, there's no opportunity to get a breather. You know, you can put a bloke down injured, but the referees uh, are awake to that, and they just carry on. I know teams are putting props down and that sort of thing just in the hope that they can uh, they can stop play and everyone can have a breather. But I think the pace of the game is finding some teams out. And I think that's probably why we're getting such high scores because um, you know, the average score per game is higher than it's ever been. And that's going back since 1996. The average, and it's probably gone up actually after the weekend, I think it's over 60 points per game. And I'm putting that down to the fact that uh, that teams are fatiguing quite dramatically in the last 20 minutes and other teams are cashing in. So I'm loving it, actually. I think the speed of the game is, is much better. The unfortunate thing is, of course, that once Super Rugby's over, we're back to the old drudgery. We're back to collapse scrums and uh, opposing halfbacks making a mess of things and blokes taking forever to kick goals. Um, the, the rest of the rugby world don't like the game speeding up. We all know that. But uh, just the way we're playing it in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment, I'm I'm very uh, I'm very pleased with it. Nispo, always great to catch up with you. Um, as always, uh, loving your work uh, on air. So thanks for your time. Yeah, um, only early days yet, but uh, some interesting signs. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Good on you, Smithy. Cheers, mate.